The Automotive News Europe podcast is brought to you by Atal Design, your premium mobility and product design partner since 1968. Atal Design inspires, integrates, develops, and produces the most cutting-edge solutions around its customers' visions. Hello and welcome to the Automotive News Europe podcast for June 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a and Thanks so much for being here today. If data is the new oil, then Jado Dynamics is the equivalent of Shell to the automotive industry. That's because its research is crucial to helping vehicle manufacturers identify and capitalize on new trends. One of the biggest is the move to EVs, which Jado predicts will have a 121% increase in sales this year. The man leading Jado is David Krychek, who joined the company as CEO in April 2020. Needless to say, it's been a very interesting first year for Krychek, who outlines how Jado kept its most essential asset flowing despite the pandemic, and he also provides insights into the role Jado will play in the crucial calculation of CO2 output from vehicles in Europe. Hi, David. Thanks so much for being here today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. It's great to be here and uh, thank you for having me. In your first year, we would have to say it's been rather eventful. We've had a massive pandemic. We've had a chip shortage. We've had a lot of different things where automakers and your customers are relying even more on any kind of insights, any kind of guidance to help them do their business. How has this first year been? I think it's interesting to say the least, right? I think that part of the challenge is, you know, from an organizational perspective, onboarding with a team that I've not been able to, to uh, embrace personally. Uh, so from a personal perspective, it, it's it's been a bit getting used to. And I think you could probably appreciate this, and I know our clients do as well, is that we're all on a level playing field. We all have to, or have had to, interface with each other in some of our new digital technologies. I think at Jado, I think it's also the case that, you know, we took very seriously keeping the business uh, in, a, in a solid footing. Business continuity was huge to make sure that data as our lifeblood and as our clients love lifeblood continued to flow, but keep our people safe. So we, you know, shut down all of our offices, but because we had already been working on digital workbenching and, and tools to keep us up and going, we really didn't miss a beat there. If anything, what really has been uh, interesting and, and, and challenging was, was helping our clients get up and going digitally, you know, being able to access data, remotely. So while we were keeping running, we found our support services really had to ramp up, at least in the initial stages of the of the pandemic, to really keep our clients moving and in, in accessing data. And we haven't stopped. We've really started to focus also on some newer solutions that appreciate really kind of the driver, the acceleration of some of the trends, digital retail, so really about transaction analysis, you know, the, the movement towards 
CO2 tax. So we've really been uh, focused on our launch of WLTP tracking and even really trying to understand if there's any shifts in the in consumer preferences in the market. We've been we've been really introducing some new willingness to pay for specific features because that's a demand by our clients. So we're so we're seeing that I think eventually I think people or clients in the market are kind of looking to turn the page. So we're starting to get a lot more questions, a lot more interest in, okay, what's next for the market? So that's what we're posturing to pivot to, if you will. Okay, on a more granular level, we at Automotive News Europe are a customer. We rely on you guys heavily. And we know that a number of agencies that help you gather the data that you have on the sales in those markets were just shut down for extended periods of time. How did you guys possibly cope with that? Yeah, I think part of it was, uh, again, I'll go back to the fact that we had uh, digital tooling in place. So at least we stayed connected with those individual markets from a research perspective. That's number one. Number two, um, having actual boots on the ground in those markets, as difficult as it was in some markets to be able to to see activity. And the reality is in some situations, it was just to simply verify there was no activity, right? So, so part of it is the tooling, part of it is the local presence, and also part of it is continuing to engage with the market and really understand and appreciate what is going on in those markets. In fact, what the other thing that it also allowed us to do was to make sure that we could continue to work on some of those newer initiatives, especially as some of the activity ramped down. So as I was speaking to earlier, the transaction analysis, WLTP, we could pivot to continuing to work on some of those new initiatives, even as at least volumes were slowing down, right? And and the other thing that um, uh, we, we start to see is um, a, a real uh, drive by the market to, to introduce excitement and engagement, right, with introduction of new features. So we're seeing that happening as well. It must be a very delicate balance. You talked about WLTP. Here is a piece of information that we at Automotive News Europe covet because it gives us some indication of who's doing well and who's not doing so well. But the issue that you have is that I would imagine some of your customers are not going to be so forthcoming in letting you share maybe what you've found with us because it's not great for their image. How are you going to balance that very difficult situation? It's a good question. I think part of it is keeping something front and center, and that is being a, a, a true honest broker in, in, the, in the ecosystem. You know, the, the data is what the data is. And what we've tried to do is be very clear about, you know, especially with publicly available data, is to share that in a, in a clear kind of straight down the middle way, right? And um, in doing so, I think that that um, uh, is uh, the best way for us to, I, I think, keep that position and, and to keep that credibility. Because at the end of the day, that's really what we have, right, is our credibility as an, an honest broker. And, and you do see um, that some of the, um, the data is bearing out that there are implications and, and changes that are happening in the market as part of the pandemic. You know, you, you see volumes going down 13%, you know, and most of that drop is going to, is in Latin America and Europe and Southeast Asia, right? It, it, and, and 
you can see that China's only down 2%. So you can see that really is, as they've recovered, sales haven't gone down, but you've seen volumes going down in other places. And you also see um, the rise of EV, right? So, so again, back to the WLTP and to the broader dynamic you're seeing in the market, global demand for EVs up 47% to 3.2 million um, in 2020. And we're on track for a 121% increase this year. So again, to your point about really being a voice for what's happening in the market, we take that very seriously. And what we can do is just say it like it is. Here's the data. Here's the trends that we're seeing. And, and yeah, just leave it at that. We'll continue our conversation with David Krychek after this message. Since 1968, Atal Design has been pioneering the road of mobility, putting forward distinctive design and innovative technological solutions. Ital Design knows how to implement customers' ideas, creating iconic and functional products that effectively improve the approach to mobility. Ital Design today offers services to support customers in achieving their targets, styling and creativity with virtual reality and immersive user experience. Vehicle development from components to whole product, from concept to production. Electric and electronics development and artificial intelligence serving e-traction, vehicle network. HMI, and autonomous driving, assembly and construction of models, show cars, prototypes, and small series. Ital Design adopts a flexible approach to match products and services to customer needs, providing lean development process to established OEMs, acting as a system integrator and technology enabler with newcomers and defining product creation processes and strategies to startups. Ital Design inspires the most cutting-edge solutions around its customers' visions, paving the way towards a better life for all. To learn more about how Ital Design moves the industry, visit its website at www.italdesign.it. Staying on the topic of CO2 in Europe, Jado reported in April the fleet CO2 average last year was 106.7 grams per kilometer, which was above the goal of 95 grams because there was a little bit of leeway in 2020. Why didn't Jado provide a brand-by-brand -brand breakdown? You know, for us, we are, are still looking to strengthen our, our EV um, data and offering in terms of the type of reporting that we do. So it's it's not so much a prevention as really being very confident and solid about the overall um, number. And I think that what we really are focused on in these early days is, you know, getting that overall number right and also understanding the dynamics around what's driving that, you know, regulation, you know, some of the incentives that are offered on the government side. So, so really it's been a, a focus on the overall dynamic and also pivoting to really looking at how that grows globally, right, across markets, especially as introductions are happening across various markets. Another area you mentioned, which is going to be a complete game changer for the industry, is the move to online sales and how anyone is going to legitimately measure that movement, but would have to imagine 
that you folks are already trying to come up with ideas on, okay, how can we measure this in the best way possible? I would say three things. First of all, you make, a, I think, a very cogent and valid point that we're seeing uh, an acceleration of the move to uh, to kind of a digital retail uh, environment. It, it, it's been it was already happening. It's going to continue to happen. The pandemic didn't change it. It just accelerated. I think that's point number one. Point number two is we are absolutely um, starting to look at and and beginning to to build out better visibility or understanding of what that digital retail ecosystem looks like. The other thing, and this is this is something that we're starting to think about, and it comes from my experience with other industries that have digitized um, at least the acquisition chain. And that is the fact that the purchase journeys will not necessarily be linear or stay in one channel. They'll, they'll weave and wend their way through online and offline channels. I, I, especially when we talk about what is a major purchase or a major acquisition, like a vehicle. So so one of the things that we're also looking at is how we are able to to understand and, and capture that or at least appreciate that in our evaluation. You know, for much of what we've uh, we've done in the past, it's really been about that last kilometer, if you will, of, of sale, whereas we need to think a, a little bit more broadly. So we're looking at different uh, data streams um, to capture that kind of pathway. Um, how those might enrich our core information sources. So certainly, so I, I guess I would say stay tuned, more to come on on how we do that. But but I think we appreciate the fact that uh, this will continue to be an accelerating trend in the market and one that our clients are going to continue to ask about. And the other thing I would point out, and it goes core to the other activity that we have is that the um, there's going to be much more of a ecosystem of companies or suppliers in here, whether it's in insurance, whether it's in leasing, whether it's other types of digital retailers and their platforms. So they all start coming together uh, in a way that will continue to uplevel the demand or appetite for information on on how how consumers. Uh, are coming into the ecosystem, how they're leaving the ecosystem, or how they're enabling or buying within that ecosystem. So th this this is where we see the future of of kind of the uh, digital retail, or at least a big portion of it will be in that channel. One of the longest hairs to untangle, from my perspective, is a subscription. How is Jado going to separate sales from subscriptions? Yeah, and it's it's a really good question, and and one that we are starting to weigh ourselves. How do you treat that, especially when there's additional data that starts to come into play here, or additional impact, right? Total cost of ownership, residual values, right? So, and and when does a residual value kick in if in fact it is a true sale versus not? So it's like, I, I think that from from our perspective, it, it's one that we're looking at. I don't want to get too caught up into, into what, it's, what it's called, as long as I've got the right data that underpins both the transaction as well as the value of that um, going forward. So that's part of, uh, we want to have the flexibility to not get caught by a semantic, but it still, ha it still has some impact and import, as you rightly point out. So 
I think that this will also be something that we are dialoguing with with our clients about as, as well. Where is the market moving with regards to the sensibility about this? Because at the end of the day, it's in the broader context of the clients and the industry we serve that we also need to, to have in mind as we, as we move forward. And staying in the retail arena, another thing that is happening quite often, especially in Europe, is the move to the agency model. So the traditional dealer model is adapting. How are you guys already preparing for dividing the world into the agency model world versus the traditional model world? Um, what, what, what do you foresee happening there? That's a great question. Uh, and if I had the precise answer, I would be in a much better position. I think the reason I say that is because I go back to what I said before, Doug, which is, you know, what we see or what my experience has showed me in other industries is that you will see a more fluid path to purchase that may not cut agency dealer, that may cut in, in, in different ways as new channels uh, come to play. So I think we got to be really careful about um, trying to divide the market in what is emerging or even legacy cuts when in fact new technologies and new channels will, will continue to, to potentially roil or at least shape or transform what the pathways look like going forward. So that's one point. The second point is I do think the extent to which the buying dynamics shift and you do see more of a dealer and, and agency or that there's information that is going to be that would be needed or different that's when it makes a, a difference to would be a difference to us the, the the extent to which you still need some of kind of the fundamental say wltp uh, taxation values for for agency or dealer that's going to be the same right so so in that sense i don't necessarily see some of the data that underpins a, a transaction to be very different what i worry about is or what i'm have my team uh, also looking at is what are those core business models looking like and how will they develop or sprout in the market given technology, given consumer demands and needs, and also the sensibilities of the players that are currently in the market as well. I hesitate to ask um, about the upcoming challenges because we, who would have thought we would be dealing with the kind of kind of challenges that we've had in the last uh, you know year but um, I got to ask uh, what do you foresee as being the uh, the biggest upcoming challenges uh, for this industry from a data perspective yeah I think that part of it is the fragmentation or the proliferation of data right? It's a case where it becomes that much more challenging to, to identify what are quality data inputs, curate that data, and then serve that back up. So I think part of it is that there is uh, an explosion of, of uh, data that we're seeing that's thrown off as almost digital exhaust from you know online from telematics, from so so part of it is really um, building out and curating a robust ecosystem. I think that's I think that's number one. Uh, I think number two is to also make sure that you're able to do so at a pace. Right? We talked about EV before. Right? As EVs start to pick up pace, making sure that we've got visibility and are able to 
provide insight into that market even as it as it starts to explode if you will so i think part of it is appreciating and understanding that there continues to be not a lack of data but uh, and not it's not too much data but there's a lot of information out there so and and you want to be able to um, identify and curate that which is meaningful information right as opposed to everything or things that may be extraneous. So to me, those are the, uh, that is the, um, the, the biggest challenge that we'll have going forward. Okay, David, absolutely fascinating topic and really enjoyed you sort of taking me through this journey. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Thank you, Doug, and I enjoyed the conversation myself. We reached David Krychek at his office in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play or on our website at europe.autonews.com. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for June 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a &E. Thanks so much for stopping by. We hope you'll tune in again soon.